Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the ME7 podcast. A slightly earlier edition on a Saturday night than per normal, but it's one of those results where we want to get in here, talk about it quickly, and get out of here as soon as possible. I feel um can't be a massively long one tonight because I've got other commitments to be getting to, but um, yeah, a day which uh, promised a lot. A lot of games in this division today called off due to frozen pitches and whatnot around the country. A good opportunity for Jules to get themselves into the uh, into the playoff places. At the time uh, today, we were sixth in the table after Ollie Hawkins gave us the lead, but we're in the day in eighth. Uh, very disappointing result against uh, Forest Green Rovers. One that you can't really sugarcoat into anything else other than just a really, really poor result. It's two points now against uh, Forest Green in the last two games against them this season. Um, yeah, I mean, this this performance, I would say, very much followed suit from uh, what we saw in the new lawn just before Christmas. A lot of um, a lot of the ball, but same story. Not many chances created. And, um, yeah, it was, it was frustrating today. It really was. Um, yeah, we came into this game may, maybe arrogantly optimistic because of where Forest Green are in the table. You know, I put out earlier, a lot of you would have seen the tweet that I thought it was going to be the first day First time this season where we score three goals in a league game. I was quite wrong on that one. Um, but I, I think as fans, we should have should have these expectations to to be at home against a side like Forest Green, who are almost certain to go down. All the trauma over the past seven days have gotten Troy Deeney, whatever else. And I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that actually we're going into a game assuming that Gillingham will, will face bottom of the league at home and get three points. I know that we're not as fans or as a team guaranteed to get three points. We have no God-given right to get three points, but there's an expectancy level, especially for a team who have ambitions of promotion or ambitions of the playoffs to beat a team like this. And it's a really big missed opportunity. We've won three on the bounce. It should have been four today, but the performance was lackluster. It was inept. It was in character, I'd say, really, which is the disappointing thing. You know, someone pointed out earlier, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure who it was, so if you're listening and it was your tweet, I do apologise, but they were basically saying how on the grand scheme of things this season, we've won, I think, 13 games in total, would have been 14 today, but how many of them can you look at and say we thoroughly deserve to win? You know, nine of them, of course, being 1-0 wins, which is often talked about, but how many of those games have we, you know, dominated from start to finish, had the vast majority of the game in and deserve to acquire three points and it is a struggle to, to name even one example really and again that's been an issue um, this season we've made the one signing of Mayu Hutton who by all means did actually quite well today one of the better players but I think we still need more I think that's evident I think if Stephen Clements wasn't entirely convinced that we needed a bit more before today I think he certainly would be thinking it now it was you know, it's just one of those performances when you get a result against a team like this at home, it is really disappointing. It really is because, you know, if, if we're being honest with it, and we all like to be a bit biased with our um, opinions sometimes and, you know, maybe not give credit to other sides. But if there was one team who deserved to win that game today, it would have been for a screen. You know, they get the equaliser, a great finish into the top corner. And after that, it's, you know, every big chance goes to them. And on another day, we could be leaving pre sealed with nothing today. And, you know, in, in a sense, somewhat fortuitous just to be leaving with a point. And that's not the sort of feeling you want to have walking away from a game where you just play bottom of the league at home. But, um, yeah, regardless, as I said, um, it will be a, a, a shorter episode today because we've all, we've all got things to do this evening. And, uh, you know, I would have been quite gutted about that had we gone to Priestfield today and all witnessed a 4-0 win. I'd want to be talking about it for a, 
a very very long time but uh such is the case it's not um it's not possible but um yeah as i say welcome to the me7 podcast brought to you by balville and grit consultancy um matt we'll get you in straight away then um obviously you were there um yeah i don't i don't know much much way of describing it other than a game that on paper promised a lot and really undelivered in terms of the performance and the result you know from a, a neutrals perspective you'd look at the league table you'd look at the last few games you'd go do you know what jules have got this in the bag <clears throat> uh, and then from a jules perspective again you think well look we're playing bottom of the league we've got to have this in the bag and from a forest for screen perspective you're going to be thinking this is going to be a struggle do you know what the first half i don't think you know either team really got out of sort of second gear um i thought emmanuel osadabi um obviously ex was i thought he controlled the midfield for them in the first half and but apart from that sort of we didn't really come alive and then when we did come alive in the second half um you know i thought bond's goal that was disallowed I'll be honest, I don't think it was offside. Um, I haven't seen the replay yet, but for me, you know, he, he came back onside. Um, but yeah, okay, the line has given it. Hawkins, you know, excellent goal for him. So glad for him to get the goal. But then, Shady's got to be, you know, this is the, this is the issue. I think I've, I've said with Shady's. Yes, he is a great defender. He's probably been one of our best players this season, but. He has these moments, and that was one of them. There was no need to dive in, and and you know by by him diving in, it's let that player you know run thirty yards with the ball, get into the box, square it to his teammate, and look. All credit to him. It was a cracking goal from you know from especially from our sit top top corner. Um, and then after that moment, I thought if any team is going to go on to win this, it's going to be them because the second he made those subs after they scored, bringing off McCauley Bond, who was probably one of our best player, forward players. No offence to Hawkins, but, you know, he was causing them trouble at the top. You take him off and all of a sudden the whole momentum's gone and, yeah, so it just looks like they're going to go on and win it. It's just such a frustrating evening at the moment because, you know, they were there for the taking especially in that first half and we just weren't at the races today it's so frustrating was it two points in in two games against you know a team that are pretty much facing national league you know in the face this is not a, a team that's you know genuinely not a team that should be you know looking at getting promoted we should be looking at mid-table with that kind of result but if we've got aspirations we've got to be beating these teams especially at home and the booze i get understand at full time i understand the booze from some of the crowd but it's just frustrating because it's that lack of quality Hart and i thought was was excellent a couple of really good balls he put into the box you know obviously that madison chance right at the end where you know had that been put into somebody else you know different striker you know that might have gone in but if we're gonna dip into this transfer market and we're gonna buy we need to buy quality we need to buy quality forward we need to uh, buy a quality creative midfielder who can actually get the ball drive forward and create something out of nothing seemingly because that's what we're lacking when we're getting into these chances when we're getting to these areas we just got no one there that we feel confident enough is if the ball falls to them it's going to fall in the back of the net or they're going to find the right space 
it's frustrating despite being a Jules fan because we all know we should have, you know, been coming away with this with three points. We've missed a chance to get into the playoffs, but let's respond next week against was it MK Dons next week. So we need a response away from home. That's a massive game now next week. We've we've put even more pressure on our shoulders if we want to go up this year. Yeah, it is a massive game next week, obviously, because they get done very similar um, you know, pre-match to the uh, Atkinson game, where it's two teams right next to each other, gunning for those same positions. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big missed opportunity, especially with everyone else. Well, not everyone else, but the vast majority of teams now having that extra game on us as well, with the ones who didn't play today. And I, I think, Matt, the, one of the most frustrating thing is that the 11 that Stephen Clemens picked today, I think most people would consider it from what we have available right now, our best 11, I think it was fair to say. And it gave me a lot of optimism when I saw it. So, obviously, the team was Jake Turner, Romeo Hutton coming in for his debut at wing-back, Scott Malone on the other side, the three in the, three in the middle defensively picks themselves, Shad, Max and Connor. Then Lapsley next to uh, Coleman with Mahoney, uh, Bon and uh, Hawkins up front. Now, on paper, that looks a very, very good team for this level. Um and one that, when I saw it at 2 o'clock, I, I didn't feel any nerves seeing that team. I thought, that's a good, strong team. That's going to get the job done. Nothing to worry about. But for some reason, we, we've said this all season, whether it's been Harris, whether it's been Millen, whether it's been Clements now, there just is... I, I don't know what it is going forward. There just is something missing. I know we scored two. We came from behind last week. First time we've done it this season. Great. But against a team like this, who you know are primarily going to come and sit deep, because why wouldn't they? They're gunning for any point they can get. You don't blame them for that. And we, we just didn't start at all, did we, in the first half? We, I think I remember one shot from Mahoney on the edge of the box. I think it was blocked. Bond had a header which went miles wide. And it, it, it was really just a stifled creativity. I think Forrest Green had a couple of shots on target themselves in that half. Not overly threatening, but at least they were having a go. And this, we do have a problem, don't we, with, with starting games. We, we wanted to see the team start today on the front foot and to put the pressure on uh, a team who are struggling because in those scenarios when you play a team where they are you, you get started really quickly you put the pressure on you can maybe grab that early goal and then it's all on them the team with low confidence to get back into the game and try and make something happen but it's just not something we seem to do at the minute is it Matt we don't start games strongly we don't put the pressure on from, from minute one and insert ourselves into the game play it the way we want to play it it's very much a dull affair for certainly most 45 minutes at the start of games this season. Yeah, but obviously let's not kid ourselves with today that Forest Green did literally come and sit, you know, 11 men behind the ball as soon as we got it. Um, but look, you still got to break these teams down. But yeah, you're right. Just in that first half, we just didn't seem to get really going. And I don't know, I, part of me thinks... There was, I don't know, I don't know if anyone else sensed it, you know, please pop it in, in the comments if you did, but I just felt like the whole Rainer men felt uneasy. I don't know, the whole game, it just never felt like there was, you know, a couple of charts tried to get going, but no one really sort of created any noise. It wasn't really until we had got the goal, but that's the thing that helps players get going, I believe. And I just think that uneasiness probably unsettled the players maybe a little bit because we weren't really getting behind them. I mean, I, I remember for the majority of the game, there was, what, 128 Forest Green fans there and I could hear them more than I could hear us. And that's not the pre-field I'm used to. And 
the players do feed off of that and I don't know maybe maybe that's been getting into our heads so it's getting into their heads I don't know it just felt really uneasy though in that in that rain amend, uh especially in that first half but when we did get up you noticed the players got up and I, look I'm gonna say I think it partly it's a lot of down to our fault and I'm gonna say it's partly down to the twat that sits like five rows behind me who shouts effing Mahoney you can't do crap and I'm thinking mate look at you you can't do crap these players are out there trying to give their all okay they might have a bad game but let's not abuse them like that let's try and get behind these boys because by getting behind them and showing the support that's going to make them want to play better not by shouting shit at them sorry it's a rant but that's just my rant for today um but look all in all yeah that first half was poor but look, in the second half uh, we did come out, we did try and attack them and I think we were deservedly right to be 1-0 up, you know, the, the before I see Bond put the ball in the back of there, it was ruled offside, there was a couple of chances before there, um, once we did though go, you know, 1-0 up, you know, we were in a way in control of the game and it was even, you know, it was a few minutes obviously between goals but um, you know, was it maybe ten minutes or whatever between between the goals? But even though in that ten minutes, I just felt we we were comfortable, and it was a silly defensive mistake by Shad. You know, for diving in, trying to trying to cut out the ball when he should have stayed on his feet. But at least we got going in the second half. But I, I do think a lot of you know a lot of the time when this the teams aren't get you know it doesn't get going. It it's pretty much down to us as fans because. We're not getting motivated. Yeah, I, I take your point, but with that, Matt, you also, as someone in the crowd, obviously, we, you can try and make an atmosphere, but also crowds feed off what they see on the pitch. If chances are being created, if we're on the front foot, then that gets the crowd up. And if we start games as dull as we do and not creating anything, it, it doesn't give the fans much to go off. Obviously, you can try and make an atmosphere to, to get the team on. Of course you can, but at the same time, you need to also have something to cheer about and something to get behind, a reason to to get going, if you will. And I think that's part of the problem with the atmosphere at Priestwell. I think it has been poor as of late. But when we're a team that don't score many goals and we know that perhaps people go to the ground not expecting to see you know, a Riverton performance, not expecting to see a lot of goals and that, automatically puts a bit of a negative mindset to people going and turning up, but they're all going to turn up anyway because it's their team. Of course they are. But it also relies on the team giving you something to cheer about, a reason to create an atmosphere as opposed to us having to do it just so they put in a performance. I think it goes both ways. And, you know, the crowd can do all they can, but at the same time, the, the team need to do more in order to not not deserve uh, the noise in the crowd because the crowd should give it anyway because it's their team. But... Give the give the crowd more of a reason to to get up and to create an atmosphere. Yeah, 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 and I, and I totally get that. But we went one nil up, and even during that ten minutes before they scored, there was still people moaning, and you know, even then we didn't really sort of get up and start singing. There was a couple of people that tried, but again, it just still felt like there was an uneasiness in the rain amends for me. You know, look, I, I've been going to Jill's since I was literally in diapers and, you know, I'm pushing 40 now. So I, I've sat all around the grounds. Don't get me wrong, the rain amend is always the best end to sit in. But 
honestly, for me, for, I don't know, probably the last five or six home games, you know, it's taken the Rainham end a while to get going. We're all singing normally before the game starts, but as soon as the, the, the whistle goes, we all sit down and, you know, yeah, it might be a bit of boring for five minutes, but that's what we need to get up and start piping up and start having a sing song because that will then motivate the players. It, it, you know, you're right, it works both ways, but if all we're doing is, oh, oh, all the time, or effing this and effing that at players that can hear you, you know, on the pitch, then of course you're gonna, they're going to get down and they're not going to really want to give their all as such because all they all we're getting is negative from us. So, you know, look, I understand there are times when you need to tell a player, you know, or you, you know, you want to have a moan at a player, and don't get me wrong, I I'll do it, but sometimes people do go a bit too far, and honestly, with some of the stuff that I was hearing from the guy, literally a few sat a few rows behind me. I'm thinking if I'm one of these players on the pitch, I don't want to be hearing that. And then, then when you look at him, you think, and what, you can do better? Nah. nah. So for me, you know, any football team, any, you know, any players on the pitch, you know, will tell you that the crowd is always going to be that 12th man. But honestly, for the last few weeks, that main event hasn't been that 12th man. No, we do hope to see some improvement because, as you say, that the atmosphere has been really poor as of late. Obviously, no need for the abusive nature of it at times. Absolutely not, especially considering the record we've had this season and last of certain events. But we need people to get behind the team, but we also need the reasons to be motivated and things like that. But, um, yeah, Matt, I'd ask you about the first half, but I feel like it would just be a massive waste of time because can you can you think of one highlight of the first half? Because I'm struggling. Uh, honestly, for me, the only highlight of that first half was thinking Osadabi actually looked really good and, you know, um, obviously we let him go for whatever reason, but he really did control that midfield. But apart from that, there was no real sort of wealth action really to talk about. Well, yeah, we, we, let, we let him go, but let's, you know, we might have had a good game today, but let's not pretend it was a bad decision to let him go. Let's not, let's not get in delve too deep into that. I'm just saying, uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, today he actually looked pretty good today and uh, Forrest Green are going to hopefully have a, a half-decent play on there. But, you know, he did control that the, 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 the midfield in that first half, but in the second half, I think we kind of stepped up and he kind of faded off a little bit. Yeah, his first time playing for a while. I believe he had a big injury at Bradford last year. But, um, yeah, enough about him. Long time since he's gone. Um yeah, so this be a short podcast. It might be a very short one because I'm, you know, there's not too much to talk about in this game. If we're being completely honest, um, into the uh, into the second half, obviously, Jules did did start a bit more in the ascendancy. Got more of a foothold into the game slowly but surely. I think it's key to say. Um, there's a half chance of a Corley Bond corner taken from Mahoney, which he headed just wide. Well, more than just wide, really. If I'm being completely honest, from a corner didn't direct it particularly well, and then. A moment of controversy, I'd say. I know you've said it already, Matt. I would agree. I don't think it was offside. I think it was, having watched it back, I think it's to do with the ball cannon off George Lapsley prior to um, it falling to Bon. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but so for me... I, I've watched, I have watched it back and the yeah, the, the forest green player kicks it against Lapsley and it, it cannons off Lapsley back to Bon. Yeah, for me, I don't... I didn't think it was offside at the time. Obviously, I wouldn't think that in the ground because I'm too focused on, you know, the fact that Bomb was through on goal. But I've watched it back and I still, I'm still not convinced. Obviously, it's one of those where 
only the linesman will be, will be as sure as anyone. And, you know, maybe he has got it right and we're just looking for it for Boutani glasses. But it looked a, looked a very tight one at the very least. And we thought we had the lead in the 60th minute, but it wasn't to be um, right, right or wrongly. It was up for discussion. I personally didn't think it was offside and obviously nor do you, Matt. But the decision was uh, was unfortunately made from our point of view. Um Big chance for, for Ollie Hawkins prior to his goal. We've seen a lot of this since he's come back. A great ball in from uh, from new man, Romeo Hutton. And Hawkins heads it over the bar. And no, this is going to bring me on to the actual goal itself, Matt, because we've seen it with Ollie Hawkins, hasn't we? haven't we, since we've come back, uh, since he's come back, rather. There's been, there's been a lot of chances for Ollie in certain situations in games where you look at him and think he could have done better. The header against Colchester hit the bar. There's also been... A few moments where he's had the free headers and some occasions he's put over the bar and quite got the connection to it. Obviously, uh, Fodderingham for Sheffield United made a few good saves against him uh, last time out of Priestfield. And you always knew it was coming with Ollie. You're just waiting for that moment. Obviously, he got his first assist back last week with the goal for Conor Masterson. And, and this time he gets himself on the score sheet. It's a deep corner in for Mahoney all the way up to the back post. Ollie Hawkins leaps. Reminds me, reminded me quite a lot of his header against um, Grinsby last year. Peeled off to the far post, headed it back across goal and into the far corner. Defender on the line couldn't quite get enough in it, jump, jumping on the goal line. Very Grant Holt at Wembley 2009-esque, but couldn't quite stop it going into the into the roof of the net. And, um, you know, obviously we know how the game ended, so it's not a massive happy point in the end, as, as often considered. But as an isolated incident, from, from the point of view of Ollie Hawkins, it's great for him to finally get off the mark now, isn't it? 100%. And as I said, I think we all knew it was coming. He was he was getting the chance. He was getting into the key areas. Um, obviously, yeah, he was involved in the um, Conor Masterson goal last week, heading it back across at this time. though, yeah, you know, obviously he went for the goal and literally the shortest player I've ever seen playing football on the line, trying to head it out, you know, not going to work. Uh, heads it basically up into the back of the net. But it, it was, a, you know, it was always going to come for, for Ollie. I'm so glad it has finally happened for him. And let's hope this is the first of many. Um, but oh, look, we are still crying out for an out-and-out striker. Um, I know there's been a few rumours going around about certain players, but look, obviously until they're through the door, until they're in the starting lineup. Until they're wearing, you know, they're holding the Jill shirt. It is just a rumour. Uh, but whoever comes in, again, that we just need him to hit the ground running. Um, I did think that the partnership of Bond and Hawkins up top were, you know, pretty much okay. So it didn't, it wasn't great in the first half, but in the second half really did start working. But I've got to talk about it. I'm still saying I just think it was such a weird choice to bring Bond off because, you know, I thought he was playing really well and, it just changed, I don't know, it just changed the game, didn't it, after after Forest Green scored. I don't know if you believe the same, uh, Owen, but yeah, for me, it's just a bit of a weird one to to, to bring, actually. I, I thought sort of our most threatening striker at the time off. Yeah, obviously lots of rumours about strikers coming in, but we'll get to one just before we finish, which um, I have a, not an update on, but something I was told earlier, which I think is quite reliable considering the source. But um, yeah, it obviously was uh, Ollie Hawkins' first goal of the season. Um, very much welcome for him. Something that we've come to expect from him, the big man heading it into the far corner. We've not seen enough of it, you'd argue, but hopefully this is a springboard of sorts for him and, and he can kick on. But the lead didn't last for 15 long, did it? Um, 75 minutes on the clock when Callum Jones scored from Forest Green. You mentioned it earlier, Matt, the uh, 
error on the far side from Shane Ogie, mistimes his tackle. Forrest Green had advanced on the right-hand side, pulled back to Cam Jones. It's a very good finish, you must say, into the top corner of the net. You can't take that away from him, but a bit of a self-inflicted um, goal to concede, really, wasn't it? Because Shad usually, nine times out of ten, that's something he's usually very good at, making those uh, challenges, taking them all the way and getting us up the other end of the pitch. But obviously, in this time, this one, it's not going to be perfect every time he's a League Two footballer. And we paid the price. Um, still a lot to do for um, Callum. Callum Jones, who obviously finished very well into the top corner, as I mentioned, but it it was quite surprising to be honest that maybe again this is you know arrogance and just considering where Forest Green are, I thought when we got the goal we just go on to win it because one we're very good at leads when we get them, and two we're playing a team bottom of the league with low on confidence. So I thought it would be maybe not a foregone conclusion that we go and win the game, but I felt very confident that we would. And suddenly from that goal onwards, it, it the game turned on a sixpence, didn't it? Not that we were. I say we had more control of the game prior to our goal, but we weren't, you know, full of control, were we? Because we weren't creating a massive amount of chances. But once Forest Green got the equaliser, it looked as though there was only going to be one team winning from then. And massive chance uh, for the visitors. Uh, Ogie somewhat making up for his his error of a great great block to deny McAllister. Then it fell to Matty Stevens, a very good chance. He put his shot wide. A bit more composure. We could have been in a lot of trouble and. Yeah, from then on, seven minutes added on, and it was really just trying our best, but again, couldn't really create anything clear cut. Nadison came the closest, if you like. It was a ball across the box from Shadogi. Nadison comes flying into it, diving header, can't quite get there in time, gets a bit on the ball, but due to arriving late, he can only divert it well wide of the post in the end. And, and that was that was all she wrote for the uh, afternoon. Finished 1-1. Obviously, on the goal, Matt, it's poor from Shad, but we won't go into him too much because it isn't something we see from Shad a lot. It's not somebody who makes a lot of errors, and it's just one of those occasions where he mistimes it, doesn't get away with it, and we concede. And then from then on, we looked a bit of a, a bit of a mess for quite a while until the end of the game, really, in, in the back five, didn't we? There seemed to be a lot of players out of position. Forrest Green suddenly with the tails up, creating chances, and if anyone... Was going to go on to win the game at that point. You would say, you would say, if we're being completely honest, as much as we're Gillingham fans, it was going to be the visitors. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Look, I, I said it earlier. I, uh, Shad has definitely been one of our best players this season, uh, but the decision to, to dive in today was a poor one uh, to try and get the ball where you know where you're out wide. You know, got a player out that wide, he should have stayed on his feet. And this is what I said. I think he's got those mistakes in him, and like you said. He's a League Two player. He's going to have those mistakes in him, you know. He's, you know, eventually he'll he'll learn not to dive in. But today it cost us a goal, and and you know, at the end of the season, is it going to cost us? Who knows? But no, it's not. The goal isn't just his fault. You know, it's the whole team's fault because look, at the end of the day, you, if you're going to score as a team, you're going to concede as a team. Um, it's unfortunate, but yeah, after that moment. Forest Green kind of went into top gear and we say sort of maybe pondering along in sort of third gear and it just looked like if anyone was going to go on to win it, they were. Jake Turner obviously had the, the drop that managed, he managed to, to uh, sort of the drop catch that he managed to fall on top of and, and collect. Uh, I think there was the incident where he, he sort of blocked one almost uh, pin, uh, blank, uh, sorry, point blank range uh, and then a few minutes later then Shad cleared one off the line. Um, 
you know, and, and, and then literally, yeah, with seven minutes to go, we went up into our top gear and tried to kind of win it. It's, it was an end-to-end game, you know, a game from, if you've never watched League 2 football before and you were to watch that, that you wouldn't say that Forest Green were down near the bottom. I think it was also an unfortunate time to play them. I, I kind of do feel if, if, you know, Troy Deeney was in charge, we probably would have spanked them 3 4 nil. who knows? Uh, but again... They've got, you know, somebody new in charge. They've got sort of shackles have been taken off. They've kind of got free work. Rome, they've probably been told to scout with freedom and however you want to play. Um, but ultimately, you know, they did stick 11 men behind the ball when we had it. And kind of was almost like man-to-man marking. Couldn't find any kind of space, could we, going forward? But, yeah, I'm... It's a frustrating week. It's one we can forget about, hopefully, by, you know, sort of midnight tonight. We can roll on to next week and hopefully next week we'll be talking about three points. Yeah, we can have, obviously, a very big um, big fixture coming up against uh, MK Dons. Uh, just before we head off, Matt, uh, final two points. Um, firstly, um, I wanted to get your thoughts on the performance of Romeo Hutton. Obviously, it's his first... Uh, appearance first start for the Jules today, playing at right wing back and got a few crosses in, which is obviously what he's notorious for. A few good ones, a few not so great for being completely fair, but I think definitely some good early signs from him. What did you make of his, his first 90 minutes in the Gillingham shirt? No, I thought he played excellent, uh, excellently today uh, going forward. Uh, I can understand... Uh, what the Swindon you know, fans were saying about his defensive abilities because, you know, look, there was a few times when it kind of seemed to be more ball-watching than sort of where his marker was going, but look, luckily nothing came of it. Um, but look, he'll get there with the crossing as well because he's, you know, he's playing with a couple of, you know, new strikers. He doesn't know where they're like aiming to run in the box, what kind of runs they like to make. You know, Bonny is one of these players that will look like he wants to go into the box and then stop and hang back and where Hawkins likes, you know, he, he you know, he's normally going to be near the back post. But yeah, I thought he was, it was an excellent 90 minutes from him today. Um, and I'm looking forward to potentially what will come. And look, you imagine a 20 goal a season strike at the top playing with him. There's going to be goals in that team. Yeah, that's the sort of thing I was thinking about with the, with the uh, sign of Hutton and the targets where we're supposedly looking at whether we are looking for that fast getting behind strike or whether we're looking for more of a similar build to Hawkins and we're just going to play from the from the sides and try and get balls into the box we're not entirely sure as of yet they will depend on obviously who we bring in between uh now and the at uh, the end of the window before we get on to our final point and get out of here for tonight I want to thank Gasset Kent for becoming sponsors of the podcast for the rest of the season Gasset provides local plumbing and heating needs in Medway Kent and South East London they are guest safe registered in domestic commercial, commercial catering and LPG. So thank you them very, very much. Uh, lots more giveaways with Balville to come to the end of the season as well. Jamie Cummingham, I'm not sure he's listening tonight, was the winner of the uh, four free tickets to today's game against um, against Forest Green. So um, apologies to him uh, for giving those away. <laughs> but um, yeah, Matt, before we head off, let's have a quick comment on the big rumour uh, following the sign of uh, Romeo Hutton, because obviously we won't be doing a podcast till Thursday now, so things may change in that time. Um, this is a name that was brought to me, I think, on Monday night, the name of Georgie Kelly from uh, Rotherham United, and there was news published from a Rotherham, not a, not, not a Rotherham news source, I think it's fair to say. It wasn't a you know, Rotherham journalist or anything like that. It was a 
Rotherham page, a fans page of some sort, who said it was basically done and that George Kelly was going to be signing for Jules on loan. Obviously, people may not be familiar with him. If it jogs your memory, he was the bald man who scored the second goal to relegate us a few years ago. So that will instantly bring it back to your, your memory, I'm sure. Um, yeah, a name that was given to me on Monday, which I didn't think too much of at the time because I hadn't seen it mentioned anywhere else. Sort of just passed it off as a, oh yeah, another January rumour, whatever, who cares? That's not really into it, but it does seem to have legs. And I was giving a message today to say that, um, you know, again, I'm just going to say now, this isn't me saying it, it's what I've been told, that the uh, deal to bring George Kelly to Gillingham is done and will be announced in due course, more than likely on a Monday, because when do we ever announce things on a Saturday or a Sunday? Uh, but it seems to me that George Kelly will be coming through the door as a new uh, striker for Jills. Um, as I said, probably more similar to an Ollie Hawkins type in the fact that he's quite a, quite a big lad, physical, not particularly quick, but <clears throat> scored six goals in in the championship, uh, not all this season, I believe, and has been on the uh, precipice at Rotherham for quite a long time, more or less on the bench every game of the championship and not getting too many minutes. Um but considering he has scored some goals in the championship, he's had a very good record in Ireland. I think it's, it's, it's someone who maybe will divide opinion based on the type of player he is and what people would consider he need. But I think if we can get in another wide player who can provide that pace and uh, get those balls into the box along with Hutton on one side, considering Mahoney seems to be playing more in the middle now, I think someone like um, Georgie Kelly, as it seems to be now, will potentially be someone who can fit in quite well. And... Again, for obvious reasons, I'm going to stress this isn't me saying it, it's what I've heard. I'm not personally <laughs> claiming that George Kelly is signed for Gillingham. I've been told that he is signing for Gillingham. It's not me. But yeah, Matt Fox. Scoop Owen says uh, Georgie Kelly is signing for Gillingham. <laughs> Get that in the papers. Um, look, um, honestly, I've seen a few clips of him. Yeah, okay, he could come in and fit into the squad. Uh, but for me, I don't think he's the striker that we need. I I think we need to be looking at a completely different route. Um, I actually think we need to be looking at, I've, I've, again, doing sort of my little digging and, and, and sort of what we're potentially looking for. I actually think we need to go for a proven League 2 goal scorer that's scored potentially, well, that has scored 16 league goals this season. Uh, he was on loan at Swindon. He's now currently back at his parent club, which is Bradford. And I think we need to go for 22-year-old Jake Young, to be honest. Um, one, you know, look, uh, George Kelly, I think he's 27 years old. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it might be great for this season to potentially put some balls, some goals into, into the back of the net. But I think we need to be looking at the future here and... Jake Young's for me is one of the hottest young prospects and at 22 years old if we can get him in on a three-year deal till he's you know 25 26 years old you know supposedly we were looking at spending money on Johnson Clark Harris so if we've got that kind of money I'm sure uh you know somebody like Jake Young would be sort of a similar kind well so a little bit cheaper sorry uh than somebody like a Johnson Clark Harris but I I that for me that's the kind of forward I feel that we need somebody who's young, hungry, and that we can have here for, you know, three or four years, potentially. Yeah, I think the suggestion of Jake Young is someone everyone would really want. Um, I've hear from what I've seen on Twitter and whatnot that he seems to be uh, edging closer to a move to um, Carlisle, I believe, in League One. And I think it would suit Bradford, certainly from their point of view, to sell to someone who's not in League Two, given their own potential ambitions, um, 
not that I think they'll get to the playoffs, but I think they'll be, you know, they'll still give it a go. And I think for their point of view, it'll be much more beneficial not to sell him to a League Two club. I would assume he's not going to go back to Swindon on a permanent deal. So from their best interest, I imagine it'll be a League One move for him. But maybe we've asked the question, who knows? Um, Hey, 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 we we have hijacked a couple of deals before, and I'm sure we've done one involving Bradford, didn't we? We had one over the summer involving Bradford. Yeah, that worked out well, didn't it? Um, <laughs> still time, still time. Um, but yeah, I think he's, he's more likely to make the move to League One, although Cole Lyle seems a bit of an odd decision, considering they're very much in a relegation scrap in League One at the minute. But... That might not be any of our business. I'll throw the name Jack Marriott out there as well as a potential incoming that I'd like to look at. But God knows whether we're looking at him or not. Um, if we were, I'd quite like the idea of that. But yeah, we're not going to know for for a little while. We might be doing a um, a uh, live space in the last few hours of the deadline day, potentially, if there's reason to, to do it, I suppose, because um, our deadline days in recent years hasn't been too exciting. I think I remember the one under Steve Lovell, I think it was a January, where we signed about six players in one window, which was great on paper, but the problem was they were all shit. So, you know, hopefully we don't have a repeat of that. But, um, yeah, before we head off, let's uh, get through the comments uh, for tonight before Stuart Lewis moans at me. Um Trey Wilson says, your delusion is hilarious. That's responding to me early on in the day saying we were going to score three goals. Um, I'd love to have a witty comeback for that, but I think you're probably correct. Um, Dean says, I agree with Matt, abuse isn't needed, but I do see 11 average players today lacking ideas, effort and urgency. Stuart Vaughan says, really disappointed, but should have won that. But Forrest Green wanted it more. The only reason was, the only positive was I thought Hutton was class and put in some decent crosses. Uh, Dave Miller says the booing started at half time. Numpties. Uh, Stuart Lewis says, Are you surprised the Rainer Mendes quiet? People frightened to say anything may offend uh, people these days. Um, I'm not sure it's specifically down to you know people not creating an atmosphere because they say something that might offend someone. If you're going to say something that's going to offend a lot of people, then just don't say it, really. But I think creating an atmosphere in general is just something that needs to be improved upon because I'm pretty sure that's become a bit of a bit of a library in recent uh, recent times and that's not the proof that ever all of us know uh, from our years supporting Jules. Uh Jack Essen says I f- I feel really sorry for the Gaddinsons. So much good they are trying to do the club let down by a set of players who are woefully underachieving and underperforming versus their ability. Wing backs excellent attacking wise not a lot else. No one cares enough. Uh, Mike G says body language of the players is all wrong. No energy in our play. Backline constantly looking to play sideways rather than looking up. There were options on the wings playing that way, but we were not looking for them. You can't turn up for 10 to 15 minutes and expect to win. Uh yeah, which is something we've been we've been quite keen to point out in recent weeks. But you know, that's that's again a problem that we don't start games until we're given a reason. So, you know, it's the same last week when we spoke about the Accrington game. We we're all very happy about it, but at the same time it took Accrington taking the lead for us to get ourselves into gear. And it's the same again once we got through that flurry after Forest Green store to get ourselves going again, and it shouldn't be like that, but that unfortunately is the way it is at the minute, but that needs to change. Uh, Jules uh, SFT says, I think Jamie should be given a refund for his free tickets today. Um, if, if only we could arrange that. Um, Matty says, if true, here's exactly what we need. In my opinion, he can half finish. I believe that's in regards to George Kelly. And uh, Stuart Lewis says, James didn't read any messages on Thursday. That is shameful from James, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, let's uh, 
Oh, there he is, James. His request to just some bat and finish up. Typical. James, can you um, address the rumours that Stuart Lewis is saying you didn't read any messages on Thursday? What's your excuse? Uh, apparently not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, go on, go on, give it. Give us your your two pence before we before we finish off tonight. You join <clears> late. Not good enough, is it? Not good enough. Um, we've. Yeah, we've we've failed to beat one of the poorest sides in the league, um, and yeah, I've just obviously listened to Clements' interview after, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what <clears throat> what we're on about with the with the with the better changes, better chances. Dave had the better chances, and they, I mean, to be honest, at, at the end we were clinging on for the point. Um, I understand that obviously some people see this style of play and whatever else, but I'm not sold on it. Um, I, I think we're too pedestrian. With with the way we move the ball, we're too slow at the back to move the ball, um, and and we're letting teams just basically block defend against us and make it very easy for for them to just defend. Um, we've got to play with much more intensity at home. We're the home side, so we've got to play with much more intensity, and and we just haven't done that this afternoon. It's just yeah, it's not it's undone all our hard work at, at Accrington last week. Um, we we consider and say that like partnerships are not working and, and certain individuals are not working, but we stepped it up maybe one or two gears within the first 15 minutes sort of, of first 20 minutes of the first half and, and we've scored from it. And then, and then we've just gone within ourselves. Um, whether it's a lack of, I don't know, a, a mentality thing. I've, I have no idea, but I think these, the, the, I think if, if, if Jules fans think that we we've, we've got the, we've got a, a chance at the playoffs, then I think everything evident this afternoon suggests otherwise, to be honest, because we are we are well off well off the, the top seven but by, by a long stretch on, on that evidence this afternoon. Yeah, just the the three shots on target today, Ollie Hawkins' header was the first one of those three. Um I can't recall the other three to be honest. I think Marston had one of them. Uh for a screen in comparison, uh, less shots, but five more, not five more on target, five on target, so two more than us. Um, yeah, James, what do you make of the the point I was, I was just mentioning before we were about to head off about the big issue of sort of us needing something to happen in a game for us to kick into gear? We need something to respond to in order to start a game. It was the same last week against Accrington where we seemed to have to wait for them to get the goal for us to sort of spring into action and, and why do you think it is that we don't start games the way we should do because like you said we're the home team we need to start with you know the motivation to go forward against a team who are low on confidence try and nick an early goal and make them come out and put them into a, a you know a very negative set uh, mindset and make them question how to get back into their game and take advantage of that but we always no matter who we're playing I think at the same time no matter how good they are or how bad they are the way we start games is always going to give the opposition encouragement is always going to give them a reason to believe they can get something from the game and, and that has to has to be improved doesn't it because otherwise we're we're going to be a very good a very good team for people to play because they'll know that we, one we don't score many goals and two we don't start well so if they start the, the game well they nick a goal you've almost done half the job already haven't you I think it goes back to the lack of <clears throat> um, leaders in the camp in all honesty um, there's no one in there that takes the game by the scruff of its neck um, and like I, like I always say, like, and I've said this about this squad a number of times, there's no players in there that are ready to go to war. 
um, for the badge. And that's not me questioning their, their, their character or their mentality. It's just that is the fact of it. Um, it's been shown numerous of times that's what the case is. Um, the, the, there's, no, there's no players in there that are prepared to put their stamp on the game. Um, and that comes from leadership. That comes from um, that character of, right, this is, this is what we're about. And we're we're going to stamp our authority on this game, and and I think that comes from yeah just a set of players that we've got that mentality wise I think we we get going when we think okay we actually better get going now we actually better start um, <clears throat> because it's proved today we've, we've it's taken us seventy minutes to score the first goal and then we've gone within ourselves and that's that's a mentality thing that's a that's a thing within ourselves that we obviously don't believe that we can see out games. Um, Currently, we've we've obviously shown it before, but I'm not being funny. Sutton are a very poor side, and Colchester are a very poor side as well. Forest Green today, to be honest, they're not on 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 that evidence. They're they're certainly not a poor team, um, but we've made them look that way. Um, and and yeah, we've we're still two or three players off this month of uh, a proper centre midfielder, a proper tough tackling centre midfielder that can ball carry as well. Um, of course, we're a we're a forward, we're a goal scorer, um, but but yeah, I, I think we just need we need the captain type material in 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 that squad that that is going to take this squad and drive with it and drive with it forward because currently we've not got that. Okay, so finally for for both of you, just to round us off for the evening, James, we'll go to you and then Matt. I want your thoughts as well. What do we need in the next 10, maybe 11 days, I think it is, to the end of the window to give us the best possible chance of getting into those players' positions? Because we mentioned the possibility of Georgie Kelly or the likely possibility of Georgie Kelly. And I don't think it, has to, it should stop there. I know there's people saying we don't need too many people, uh, too many signings or whatever else. But I think clearly there is still work to be done on the uh, signings front in order for us to be in the best possible position to, to get into those playoff races um right now i don't think we're going to be there but what do you think boys is needed between now and the end of january to give us the best possible chance i think we need um yeah i think we need a striker i think we need a proper centre midfielder um i would look at yeah certainly i would look at potentially paul mccallum from eastley um i know georgie kelly's the one that's probably going to come in but i would look at i would look at a real strong centre midfielder that is next to coleman um, Lapsley did okay today, but we've got no one in there that <clears throat> simply ball carries ball carries the team um, and and drives up the pitch. And yeah, that's that's the two positions for me is is a striker and a, and a proper proper centre midfielder. Um, and I think with those those two positions and <clears throat> and obviously um, the new right back today, Hutton, um, he looked good to be fair. And, and and I think yeah, those three we may we may well have a chance of sneaking in, but. I, I personally think we need uh yeah three three more permanent signings uh obviously like i've been crying out for a striker so i like the idea of jake young um but sorry if you hear me squeaking that's my dog playing with its toy in the background um i like the idea of someone like jake young yeah and i agree with with james i think we need uh, again somebody to play alongside lapsley in the in the middle of the park, uh, you know, we, we we kind of need that um, sort of almost Stuart O'Keefe kind of 
grit and determination, somebody you know that would just grab the game by the scruff of the neck, even you know when it's dirty, and 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 just drag that team forward. But I also still feel we need cover at the back. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to have a. Um, uh, sort of another central defender coming in just in case one of those back three was to get you know injured, whether it be a you know uh, I, I'd heard a couple of people you know, and I, I like the idea potentially of maybe you know someone like Jake Tucker back or whatever you know as a cover you know just in case somebody was to get injured and then look with with his connections I'd hope he'd die, he'll dive into the the low market and maybe potentially look at. Even if it's, you know, getting some young 18-year-old from Man City down or whatever, you know, and they're only going to play a few games for us. But, you know, that's something that could potentially benefit us in the long run. So, you know, we've still got the loan market to use, five of them left. Uh, but, yeah, three permanent signings of, of a striker, a decent centre midfielder and uh, a centre-back, and I think we'll be OK. Yeah, so... Um... We might be doing a uh, a space on deadline day to see what uh, what might be happening at Brewster on that night. Um, we'll have to see. Um, we're not entirely sure if we're going to have a good reason to do it or not because our last few those uh, deadline days of a set have been quite uh, disappointing. But we'll have should, to see. Should, should we all just go up to Peacefield and stand outside with microphones and headphones on just in case? You know, absolutely not. Um, no, actually, mate, you can do that for me. You can film it, and we can do a live stream. We'll all we'll watch it from the comfort of our homes. Uh, will I get paid? You have to ask the club for that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, until Thursday when we're back to do a preview of MK Don's away big game. Um, back at MK, first time I've been there in a few years. Um, great stadium, terrible fan base. But regardless, we'll get more into that on Thursday. And until next time, up the jewels. Good night.